Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning one more time. We give you praise for the gift of another day, another day to enjoy your love and to express your love. This morning, Father, we begin with a prayer asking, Lord, that our root will grow deep and deep and deeper into your love, that we'll have a full understanding of just how much you have loved us. And Lord, we pray that this love becomes our only motivation for life and may it be our driving force. That means your love transforms us and also transforms everything around us. Daddy, we bless you this morning and we bring everything this morning and make them subject to you and to your wisdom, our cares, our concerns, where we're doing good and where we're not doing good, where we need help and where we must help others, where we have and what where we don't have, where doors are closed or where they are open, where there are successes, where there are failures. We, we bring all of them this morning to you and submit them as an offering to you, Father. And we ask, Lord, in a heart of faith that you walk in them and through them for our blessing and glory. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. We ask this morning, Father, that our eyes of understanding be enlightened, that we may receive the engrafted word of grace that is able to build us up and deliver our inheritance to us of all that Jesus has so graciously made available. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Your love truly humbles us. We give you all the praise and all the glory for what a good and perfect Father you are. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because our confidence is that you are faithful. You are always faithful to bring to pass every plan that you have. And you have given us your Holy Spirit as a deposit, as like an engagement ring to guarantee that we will receive that we will experience every good thing that you have planned for us. Daddy, what can we say this morning? But thank you. Receive all the glory from us, Lord. And may our life, Lord, eloquently express your grace. And may our tongues never cease to bless your holy name. Thank you, faithful Father. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed and every believer say amen and amen. Good morning to you, my precious beloved family in Christ. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chidi Jacob, here one more time too, heartfully by the grace of God and in the spirit of grace to share with you this day's episode of our daily fellowship with the world. Thank God for his word is light. The Bible says that the entrance of his word brings light. Watch that. Brings light. That means illumination. That means revelation and understanding. Revelation that leads to understanding. Don't forget that, beloved. Revelation that leads to understanding. Now, have you wondered why the Bible told them, even in the old covenant, it told them, put your trust in God and lean not on your own understanding watch that put your trust in god and lean not on your own understanding don't forget we're still on the subject matter living out the god life manifesting as sons of god and we're talking about the god option who is the holy spirit 
And we said that walking in the spirit is walking in the kingdom. Manifesting the spirit of God is manifesting the kingdom. Living by the spirit is living by the kingdom. Because the arrival of the Holy Ghost is the arrival of the kingdom that Jesus told them was at hand. That day in Acts chapter 2 at the fullness of the Pentecost what jesus told them was coming finally arrived the bible says as they were in that upper room there came from heaven the sound of a rushing mighty wind and the holy ghost filled that room filled their life and the ordinary men became supernatural men you know what i recall the bible said they looked at peter and they said come on guys isn't this the timid illiterate fisherman and then the Bible says, oh, they realized that he had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. That means his relationship with Jesus transformed an ordinary nobody to somebody that held the whole city, that controlled the whole city. Praise God. Amen and amen. And beloved, this is what happens to us when the kingdom of God arrives in our life. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are born, whether your parents are poor or not, whether you started in the village or you started in the city, whether you are thin or fat, short or long, it doesn't matter because the power of God is now present in our lives. And what we are learning is how to engage that power that is already within us. It's how to walk not from the kingdom of the world, even though we live here in this kingdom, what we are learning is how to walk from the kingdom that is within us. Praise God. So, so let me go back again to that statement. Put your trust in God and lean not on your own understanding. Now, I used to have this confusion. So let me talk about it and clear it just in case uh, anyone is wondering about it. Now, when we are talking about walking in the spirit and leaning not in your own understanding, is the Bible saying you should suspend your brain, you should suspend your mind, just leave it empty. When you want to take a decision, then the spirit of God comes in and tells you what to do. Now, I used to be very confused about that because it was not properly explained. So it looks like we are suggesting you should not use your head or you should not use your mind. You should be mindless. Anything that suggests to you to be mindless is a false religion. In fact, it's opening up your mind for manipulation. So watch that. Now, the Bible does not teach us to be mindless. The Bible does not teach us not to use our head. But please understand this. What is important is what is driving your head. What is driving your mind? From what source are you making your choices? What are the underlying factors that drive how you use your head? For example, if you use your head based on fear, if you use your head based on culture, if you use your head based on tradition, if you use your head based on selfishness, if you use your head by the dictates of the world, by the ideas of the world, then that's a wrong use of your head. However, when your head makes decisions, your mind is led by the Spirit of God. That means by the truth that the Spirit of God has told you becomes how you use your head, how you engage your mind, then you're walking in the Spirit. Now watch what it says, lean not 
on your own understanding. Your own understanding here is referencing the understanding you have based on your environment, based on your five senses. It didn't say don't use your head. It didn't say don't use your mind. It said lean not on your own understanding. That means lean not on the way you interpret situations and the perceptions that you have developed based on your natural environment or based on your limitations. Now watch this. But the Spirit of God now, now is the one who supplies the truth upon which you engage your head or you engage your mind. Don't forget anything that suggests for you to be mindless is opening you up for manipulation. We are not created to be mindless beings we are created to be mindful beings but the matter here is waiting for your mind what is the content of your mind is it the presence of the holy spirit is it the wisdom of the holy spirit is it the revelation of the gospel or are you going to church being very religious but all your decisions are driven from outside of the spirit of god now that is what the challenge is and beloved don't forget everything we have been saying or discussing is how to engage the kingdom that is already within us beloved please let me remind you the scripture says clearly that everything you and i will ever need in this life and godliness that means to live devoted lives to god the Bible said has already been deposited in us. How is that deposit made? That deposit is made by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God in us is that deposit because from Him, nothing becomes impossible. If we walk from Him, we have the wisdom for every situation. If we walk from Him, we have divine enablement even when our natural strength cannot hold us. Praise God. That's why also the scripture confirms this by saying that the Holy Ghost is a deposit. It's like an engagement ring that God has given to you and I to guarantee that we will experience and that we'll enjoy all his plans. Amen and amen. Having said that this morning, let me move back to the scripture that we were sharing yesterday. Don't forget Galatians chapter number 5. We began from verse number 1 and this morning, because of the sake of time, let me jump straight to verse number 8. Now, this scripture is important because this is where Apostle Paul was balancing this idea of living in the spirit versus living in the flesh. Now, watch this. Verse 8 says, the one who enfolded you, don't forget, remember we said born again is not what we did or what we do, it's what Christ has done. Look at the statement here, the one, that means the Christ who enfolded us into his grace, okay? Who enfolded us into his grace? It is Christ. It's not something we earn. It's not something we qualify. The one who enfolded us into his grace is not behind this false teaching that you have embraced. Now, verse number nine says, don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system. Beloved, I need to repeat this. Now, the question I want to ask you here is this. What is the apostle referring to as a lie? What is he referring to as a false teaching? Watch this. 
any teaching that makes you or gives you an indication that there is something else that you need to do in addition to Christ to be saved, no matter how holy, no matter how sanctified, no matter how many scriptures is used to back it up. Don't forget what Apostle Paul is calling a lie here. It's not a lie of calling black white or saying, for example, oh, you can go ahead and live your life recklessly anyhow. It doesn't matter. No, what is what he's referring to as false teaching and a lie is that they were telling the Gentile Christians that they needed to keep a Jewish tradition. They needed to keep a Jewish custom of being physically circumcised for them to be saved. Now, don't forget, they were using the Bible to back this up. They were using the scriptures to back this up. Because if you go to the Old Covenant, you see where it was written that the sign of their covenant with God is a sign of circumcision. That is why every Jewish male was always circumcised. Now, it's written down in the scriptures. What they did not realize is that the coming of Christ has ended those things which were mere shadows. That circumcision was to show the circumcision of our heart. That circumcision was only a shadow. Just as dipping people inside water and bringing them out of the water was a way to show how we are going to be baptized into the death of Christ and being raised again. Now, these are the things that Apostle Paul is referring to false teaching and a lie. And he says, please don't even open a door for them because if you do, it can corrupt your whole belief system. Now, why is that important? Why is that important? Because it opens a door to say that, okay, in addition to being saved, you need to do this. Now, please pay very close attention. The more we rely on the physical things, the more our faith is built on the physical things, the less we walk in the realm of the spirit, the less we have faith in what Christ has done. This morning, let me give you something that you need to be careful about. You know those who always use that small word, but. Don't forget, Apostle Paul says, don't even allow a small lie. You know those who always use but. They seem to agree with you, only that they always add a but. For example, yes, it is true that you are righteous by faith, but. Watch that. It is true that you are righteous by faith. Watch this. Anybody who has a but does not agree with the first statement. They are only saying it to appear that you are saying the same thing. Now, the moment I noticed this, I started by stopping them and say, Hey, look, we are not saying the same thing because I am righteous by faith. There is no but. Because once they add those small three letter words, but it negates, it cancels the first statement. Oh, yes, we agree. Righteousness is by faith. But you know, you have to use this, your righteousness. Oga, why are you more interested in what I need to do? First of all, allow me to believe and accept what has been done for me. If I receive it, I will know what to do. Watch this again. You will hear them for another example say, well, it is true that you are born again, but... Once they add that but, don't forget, beloved, it opens a door to negate what has been done. So watch that. And this is very important because deception always comes. 
the way you will know is that it always tries to minus or to deduct from who you are. Don't forget, Adam and Eve were removed from their place in God. How? By telling them, do this and you become like God. In other words, yeah, even though you are sons of God, even though you fellowship with God, but you need to do this. That's how the deception came. Now, I have so much to say on this, but I really want to go back and read again Galatians. I stopped at verse number 9, so let me read verse number 10. It says, deep in my heart, I have confidence that the Lord who lives in you will bring you back around to the truth. So if you have accepted any of those lies, I pray the same prayer with, for you. And anywhere, I think that a lot of us are still dealing with those lies, including myself. So I pray for all of us this morning, anywhere we have accepted any of those, but anywhere any other belief system is hidden, walking inside of us, I pray that the good Lord will bring us around back again to his truth in the name of Jesus. And he says, I am convinced that those who trouble you, whoever they think they are, will bear the penalty. Dear friends, verse 11 says, Why do you think the religious systems persecute me? Apostle Paul is asking them, Why do you think that the religious systems persecute me? Is it because I preach the message of being circumcised and keeping all the laws of Judaism? Not at all. Is there no longer any offense over the cross? Verse number 12 says, to tell you the truth, I am so disgusted. This is what Apostle Paul says. The Apostle of Grace himself says here, I am so disgusted with all your agitators. I wish they would go even further and cut off their legalistic influence from your life. The older translation says, I wish they would go and they castrate themselves. That's what the scripture says. Now, to tell you how important this is, you can see how frustrated Apostle Paul was on this matter. He was very disgusted about it because he understood the danger of mixing Christ with anything else. No matter how small that thing is, sometimes we may sound critical. Sometimes we may sound like we criticize a lot. Now, this is the reason right here because we are being careful to make sure that your faith in Christ is not tainted by anything. You might think it's a small thing, but it actually deflates your faith where instead of you growing more confident in what Christ has done, you start to grow more confidence in your own ability. You start to grow more confidence on the principles of the word. You start to grow more confidence on what men say rather than what God said. Please watch this. The more we do that, the less we walk in the spirit, the less we walk in the kingdom. In fact, what that forces us into is to engage with too many numerous rituals, too many more rules, too many more activities, you have to do this, you have to do that, that at the end of it all, before you realize it, your faith has so much been removed from Christ to these things. Friend, that's where the struggle came in. Our faith was removed from Christ to all these other things. At the end of it all, it's like Christ has been left 1,000 miles away from us. We are still wearing the cloak of Christianity, but our, our mind and head were controlled by things outside of the Spirit of God. 
And for everyone under the sound of my voice this morning, I pray that there will be a comeback in the name of Jesus. I pray that your faith will be restored to sit and to depend on nothing else but on what Christ has done in the name of Jesus. Beloved, please, if you see the heart of the apostle as you read this line, you will see how important this is. You see that this is where we ought to have our antennas up. No matter how much you appreciate somebody, no matter how much you adore a man of God, no matter whatever relationship you have with a ministry or a pastor, if they start to say anything that suggests but in your faith, but in what Christ has done, but on your righteousness, but on the fact that you are blessed, please close your ears. It's better for you because don't forget, a little living can come in and spoil the entire loaf. But that will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. Please, please, this is very instructive this morning. And I pray that you will yield to the words of this message. Praise God. Amen and amen. I will stop here. And of course, by the grace of God, come back to you again tomorrow. And I pray that as we go through this journey, that manifestation as some sons of God be becomes so natural that it flows from you endlessly. May that be our portion in the name of Jesus. Don't forget, beloved, this morning you have been served. Shalom.